0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello friends and family. We just want to say we miss you so much. Uh, And we're going to just have a great feast that first Sunday when we can all get together. I think we must have church the whole Sunday uh, just to fellowship and to worship the Lord. But you know, we have the word of God that sustains us. We have uh, connections through WhatsApp and Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. And I want to encourage us to stay connected, especially as we're locked down. Remember, the word of God is not being locked down. It cannot be taken prison. Uh, and it cannot be a prisoner. It's, it's doing things in our hearts and in our lives. And so we're busy with the intercession and prayer school. Uh, lots of people have signed up. We almost finished with the discipleship school and the school of worship. Uh, we have had almost 700 people signed up for these three schools. Uh, very exciting. Just one announcement is that not this coming Monday, but the Monday after that, we're starting with uh, our father series of six weeks, two sessions per week. Uh, you can sign up for that as well. There's WhatsApp groups going around. You have to sign up because there's some homework for that. It's just two sessions of about 30 minutes each, uh once per week. And then you get some questions and stuff that you can work through. So we want to encourage you to be part of that. Uh, and there's just the last announcement. Thank you for those who keep on giving to the body server account. There's so many people we are feeding every week. Uh, we've been packing this uh, Thursday, uh, I think almost 2,000 parcels Thursday and Friday. And thank you also for those who keep on giving to the church. Obviously, the church has expenses and uh, we just bless you for being faithful in your giving because we are generous people and we love giving to God and giving to others. Uh, I'm going to talk about the power um we spoke about the power to change last week and this week i'm very excited to continue so almost but just um the power of a calling you know because i think one of the biggest questions that a lot of people ask is what's my calling why am i here and i think it's good to evaluate in this time you know what why are we here why why are we here on earth what's our call uh when a lot of Our sort of almost uh, jobs and identities in those jobs are being redefined. You know, a lot of people have got deep questions that they're asking. And so I want to make two or three statements before we start. The first one is there are lots of people that are Christian at heart and some are Christian at mind, but they're not followers of Christ. If we really think of that, are we followers of Jesus? The second thing, it is from purpose or calling that we set goals and expectations. If we have no purpose, we will fall into stress and striving. So if your life is known by stress and striving, then most probably you're not sure of your calling in Christ. And then the third thing is our value is not derived from valuables, from the things we own, from the places we've gone. Our value inherently is derived from knowing God and being in Christ and knowing our calling, why we are here. And then the fourth thing is God created everything and everyone for a specific purpose. You are not here by chance. I'm not here by chance. We're not living in this Corona time, in this uh, stressful time for some people, in this fearful time for other people. We're living here because God has appointed us, like he said to Esther, for a time such as this. So don't be afraid, people of God. This is the time for the church to arise. So let's pray. Father, I will thank you that today we can sit around under your word again. Thank you, Lord, that you have everything, Lord, under control. And we come to submit to your word, to your ways. Father, your thoughts and your ways are higher than ours. And Lord, as we're sitting here on this Sunday, we're so grateful. We're so thankful for what you are doing. Thank you that, Lord, you are building your church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, what a, what a privilege to be able to, to know that we are called by God. Everything in this life, uh, it's, there's no chance. You know, somebody said it once that nothing, has it occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? You know, there's no chance. God doesn't take chances. God has got a plan and God is moving. And that's why it's so important that we uh, lock into this scripture in Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 to 16 uh, this is Paul writing in this beautiful chapter that he writes especially in chapter 2 he talks about the humility of Christ uh, that we should be unified in that that he came to humble himself you know uh, one of the most powerful couple of verses go read chapter 2 but we catching up in Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 to 16 finally my brethren rejoice in the lord For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. So he's mentioning his CV. He says, I am the best of the best. But verse 7, but what things were gained to me, these I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, verse 8, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Yet count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Verse 10, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained. So Paul is writing this beautiful piece of scripture. He's writing and he's saying, look here, I am the best of the best. I've got everything on my CV. Yeah, I'm at the top of the university. Yet I count all of these things lost for the knowledge to know him. To know him. And then he gets this beautiful picture of pressing on I don't know if you've ever walked through like a muddy um, dam or reservoir and it's like this like thick kelp maybe or thick grass growing in that water and, and you have to press through it you know it's not there's a bit of resistance against this pressing into and this is the picture he paints towards his life he says look I forget those things which lies behind I stretch myself out to the call of Christ and that call is so beautiful. The calling of God upon our lives. You know, some of you may have watched this chosen series. And I love it where Jesus uh, calls the disciples. They're fishermen. And then how does he call them? He walks into their life and he says, cast the net on the other side. And then Peter and these guys who have tried to catch fish all night. They say, Lord, oh, you know, you're the carpenter. We're the fishermen. <laughs> Stick to your trade. And yet Peter says, Lord, at your word, we'll throw in the nets again. They try to catch all night, caught nothing. And now they throw it again, in again. And at the word, at the call of Jesus, they catch this massive, massive heap of fish. Beautiful picture of Jesus calling. He walks into people's lives. He calls them out of their lives. So that calling starts with being born again. And so I think the two biggest questions. That we have in this life is who am I and why am I here? I think if mankind would know the answer to those two, two questions, there would have been no wars. There would have been no stuff and lots of fear and people killing each other. Because if people know who they are and why they are here, there, there would be so much more contentment, so much more grace with other people. Knowing like, hey, I'm not competing with you. You know, I'm not superior to you. I'm not inferior to you. Because I think uh, the world is always like, hey, if I can just be a bit better than some other people, I'm superior. And then other people feel inferior. And if you feel a superiority or inferiority in your life, it means that you not have not really discovered your identity, and your destiny in Christ. And this is why Paul says, I, I forget those things because those things all give me a superiority towards other people. Or I feel maybe inferior. I don't feel like so spiritual like that guy. Or I feel much more spiritual because I pray much more than him. But to be called by Christ means we are secure. We're secure in our callings. And so the word for calling there is vocari or vocation. And it means two simple things. Someone is doing the calling And someone is doing the listening. That's what calling. To call someone. If if I'm going to call you out of the garden to come for lunch. I say, hey, come here. Somebody is calling and somebody has to listen and take heed to that calling. And this is so beautiful. That's how God calls us. That's how Jesus calls us. But mainly what we sometimes think is. People wrestle with this issue is. My calling must be supernatural. I must have this amazing Saul, Damascus experience that turns me to Paul. But publicly calling is actually is somebody who listens through a process. And so the calling is much different. Your purpose may be, may be hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist or whatever God calls you that, you know, can be like that. But purpose that is a deeper calling of Christ. And that's why it takes a whole lifetime to walk out that calling. It's a process and it's a process of listening. And I want to encourage you in this time, take time out to listen. Say, Lord, am I still on track? You know, I always have this picture of somebody that goes and takes the car in. And when you service that car, sometimes you have to do wheel alignment. You know, and then you realize like, I want this car and these tires of this car. I want it to run the distance. You know, cause if my wheels are not aligned, I'll probably get about 20,000 kilometers on these wheels, on these tires. But if it's aligned, if all four of these wheels run in the same direction, they're not, the one is like this and the other one is like this, they're all running against each other, then there's a lot of friction. And then, hey, the rubber is used much quicker than what the tires was made for. But when my wheels are aligned, when I'm in the will of God, when I'm in that place of calling, then hey, I've got such a freedom to go the extra mile, even. So, someone who listens through a process and that calling we can see through Paul, people like Paul, people like David. You know how long it took him from when Samuel anointed David till until he actually became king. I think it's about fourteen to seventeen years. It was it was a long time. I I just thought like, hey, sprinkle the oil, here we go, anointed, appointed, go change the world. No, yeah. David had to be faithful in just looking after the sheep. And he had to kill the lion and the bear. And there was a whole process how God worked in him. The ability to listen. You know, when he picked up those stones at the brook. I, I'm going to ask David one day in heaven. David, what did you talk to God to about in those moments, you know? Uh Did you tell him your fears? What was it? But there was an intimate moment that scripture doesn't say what happened before he went up against Goliath. But many years was coming you know before he eventually became king it's not just a supernatural wow and then we jump into that no because faithfulness we're going to talk about some of those things you know because the question is is it supernatural or do i find my calling in my everyday life no both but it's a process it's a process so we must learn to ask god the right questions you know so we have to start with god (laughs) first thing you have to start with god you know you did not make you and i did not make you and i did not make me you know we have to go to the creator you know if you and i think we as men especially we're very bad at this you know we buy a new thing and we're going to figure it out ourselves we will not go to that instruction manual and then after a while when you realize nobody's looking then you eventually end up going to their instruction manual the person who wrote the manual knows how the thing works you know so find out you know these days we google everything we youtube everything you know we put in a couple of months a a pizza oven and the first pizzas we made was like horrible we burnt everything why and because we didn't go to the instruction manual so i googled everything and i realized like oh okay you don't don't just heat up the pizza oven it must be a couple of hours because you have to get the temperature right in that oven yeah? So go to the manual, go to God. Colossians 1 verse 16 says it, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. So God is the Creator. If you, you cannot know your calling or your identity without knowing God, without coming to Him, without Spending time with him. To ask him, Lord, why am I here? Then there's a lot of elements of our calling. You can go and read Romans 8 verse 28 to 31. It says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, there's a lot of people preaching a lot of purpose and divine purpose and all that stuff. But mainly, if there's one thing you can remember, is our purpose is to become Christ-like. And we're going to highlight some of that. But mainly is to reflect the character of Christ. To be like Christ. That is our main purpose. Whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I want to today focus on four things. Four things when it comes to the elements of our purpose. And I'm going to rush through this. So you can look at the slides. You can download the slides from the Facebook and all that stuff. But the first thing is. To worship God and love the Lord some of the slides will hopefully appear as well you know it's to love God with all of your heart all of your mind all of your soul all of your strength find your pleasure in God it's to worship him and to love him yeah you know, it's to love the Lord to make Jesus number one the father number one in your life with no number two. That is your purpose, is to make Him glorious, to exalt His name, you know? And yes, it includes obedience and trusting Him, but it's to have a relationship with Him. The main thing why you're here is to worship Him. And we're gonna look at that right at the end again, because we're gonna highlight that number one, the worship of God. The second thing is for you and me to grow into spiritual maturity. You know? It's to become like Christ. Stake on the character of Christ. You know, a lot of people and especially people that are more charismatic and, you know, emotional in a way, you know, I'm not saying non-biblical because I think there's a lot of charismatic people that love the word and they love theology because theology just means a study of God, not a religious theology in a sense of a lot of knowledge, but to study God, to know God. That's why we're here. But as we embark on this journey on this discovering our calling it's not in doing a lot of things it's in knowing him and growing in him knowing and growing knowing and growing so in this life remember this is a preparation ground (laughs) this is just like a little drop into eternity so you are preparing yourself so, as a Christian, you are in trouble, and you get deceived with a moment when you stop growing. As a pastor, you know I always joke and say the pastor is perfect. No, no. The only reason why I'm preaching at you is because I'm preaching at myself. I'm just sharing my burdens with you, you know, what God is doing in my life. I'm not. I'm not going to preach something if God hasn't revealed it to me because He works in you to work through you. That's what we said. That's what change is about. You know. So. It's not about what you do, but who you become. I'm, I'm gonna say that again. Character, maturity, it's not about what you do. It's not about what happens on the outside. It's, it's here. Yeah, God works in you. It's who you become. That's really what glorifies God. Now, the challenge is, yes, there's gonna be supernatural things. Yes, we don't pursue healing, but God, you know, will do miracles through our lives. God will do the supernatural. But that will not let your character change. You know, it's like character and fruit is grown. It's not a gift that's given. And so that why, that's why it's going to take a lifetime of growing in maturity. But what is maturity really? Christian maturity is when you re- start to realize that it's not just about me. When I grow up, you know, I begin to take responsibility for others. What is the word responsibility? Is the ability to respond rightly in every situation the ability to start to pray for others you know when i work a lot with students and hey students have not really worked for a lot of things but it's amazing there's two types of students those who've worked over holidays who didn't just get it easy and it's amazing they're grateful they're thankful they're not entitled they say wow you know there's this one guy that i know he bought his own tent and you must look when we go camping how well he looks after that tent you know you're not allowed to eat in that tent you know because it was you, you worked two or three weeks to buy that tent you know and i'm thinking like you know, I've i've never seen a guy really treat a tent so well over all these years but that thing is folded up it's ne- it's neat it's never you know it there's no water it you know we dry it out before it gets into the bag and i'm thinking like wow this guy has taken responsibility for something why because he realizes the effort it takes to have a tent like that. Many other people just like, i throw the tent away. I don't really care because parents are going to pay for it, you know? And so responsibility is when I shift from just living for myself to be able to take care of others. I realize like, it's not just about me. This life is not just about me. I begin to love others. Romans 8 says it, Colossians 1 verse 15. You can go into that. The third thing is, The elements of discovering our calling and I'm just talking about elements or principles around this process of hearing and responding to the call of God. You know, when I got called um, the first time around, you know, the disciples in scripture, they got called a couple of times in scripture, not just like, hey, things change overnight. Jesus actually there was a couple of times, but I remember having a dream when I was um, at school. It was in grade nine. I actually had three dreams. Three consecutive dreams, but it was six months apart. Yeah, And so that was crazy because I, I interpreted every time in a specific way. But then eventually the Lord showed me, hey, now your interpretation is wrong. Why? Because it was a process. So the third thing is fellowship or community. Family. God has set you in a family. And even the family that you're in, your natural family, maybe you think like, oh, these people irritate me. I, You know, they frustrate me they just go for it but God has placed you there why so that you can grow so that you can learn that you can't do it on your own and your calling is never discovered just by yourself it's when you work together in relationship with a group of people so going to read 1st Peter 2 verse 17 and Romans 12 verse 5 God set you apart in a calling and that's where uh, iron is going to sharpen iron the fourth thing I want to talk about is missions, serving through missions. Now, normally when we think of missions, is like, hey, out there. Now, I'm talking about where you start to live for the cause of Christ, where you realize that the only thing I can take with me to heaven is other people, is when we realize that, you know, evangelism, reaching out, praying for people, I'm, um, my responsibility also becomes a spiritual responsibility, because you're responsible for the town that you live in. You're responsible for the family that you live with. You're responsible to pray. You can't save them. But when I become missional with my whole life, then I realize my calling is connected to the mission of Christ, to the cause of Christ. That's what David said. Is there not a cause? Yeah? He shouted it out. And so, discovering your calling in a whole process will maybe take years through your life because it's connected to your character. Remember, it's not about what you do. It's not about what you write on your CV. It's about who you become that changes your life. So when we love God, when we do things according to God's principles, then we can start to be real worshipers. Then we can love Him. Listen to this in First Peter 2 verse 9 to 10. It says, But you are a chosen generation, A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Oh, what a beautiful scripture. Yeah. And hopefully next week we'll be able to get back to this and on how do I worship God. And we're going to focus a bit more and so this is the first, just the first part. But I want to end off with a testimony. And I remember going with Angus to Ireland. And then from Ireland, we traveled down to Worcestershire in England. And uh, just one of those moments where uh, I'll never forget it in my life. He preached on humility. And uh, so I took his Bible after the service. He was walking around and I Went to get a, the car and I drove back to go and pick him up. There was about three or four thousand men in Worcestershire, in England. You know, there's a guy David Hopper and a lot of these people that were there. And I, I remember, I thought like, wow, this was such a such an amazing sermon. But he didn't finish the sermon, and I realized in his Bible there was a little notepad, and I I wanted to go and check because he was just sitting me in the car. And I took the Bible and I opened it up. And then I saw this one little verse on top, this one little sentence. He says, And Jesus humbled himself to the point of death. And I, and I, and I turned over the page and I thought like, wow, I, what's the next? And I realized it was just just empty. Just one sentence. Whole sermon just out of that one sentence. And as I closed the Bible, when Angus got into the car next to me and he said the following. He looked me in the eyes and he says, Sirius, it's not about what you preach, but who you become. That will change people's lives. Who you are. And so when Christ becomes that fullness in our in our lives. And we be, take on the character. And the fullness of Christ. Then we begin to live Christ. To a dying and a broken world. I've seen it in this week. Just so many people that are poor. So many people that are just hopeless without Christ. But wow. We as Christians. We have a hope. We have a joy. We have a faith. And I want to pray for you. That even in these coming weeks, even this time when everything is quiet, that you begin to worship God. You begin to ask him. You say, God, form in me. Take this character. Lord, set me in a family, a spiritual family, so that I can release and grow in maturity. And Lord, let me become missional in my life. I've, I've lost track. My wheels of alignment has gone out. But I want to align myself again to the calling of Christ on my life. I stretch myself out. To the upward call of Christ. I want to go pray that scripture over you. Father I want to pray like Paul said Lord. forgetting those things that lies behind. Stretching ourselves out. To the upward calling Christ. Lord I pray for everybody that can hear me today again. Lord that they'll be so aware of the call of Christ. Lord that there will not be striving and competition and fear. But an urgency. Restore urgency in our lives. To realize that we're just pilgrims passing through this world. We're just sojourners. We're, just, we're not of this world. We are in this world. Lord, create in us a cleaner heart, a pure heart, to know that we've been called by you. Lord, open up our ears to listen again to the call of Christ. Lord, let the character of Christ be formed in us and through us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you. Thank you uh, for listening to this sermon. Thank you for opening up your heart and spending this time with us in the Word of God. It's so important that we spend time together in the Word of God. And we just want to encourage you if you have any prayer needs, any crisis in your life, any challenge in your life. There is a emergency WhatsApp number that you can WhatsApp prayer needs to or you can phone and we can Let's see that we cover you in prayer. It will be confidential. We don't want you to suffer as a family or maybe because of relationship issues or financial issues, whatever it is. We want to encourage you keep on having contact with each other the second thing is we want to just thank people that continue to give to the church you know we don't take up offerings and stuff because we don't get together but there's still a lot of expenses in the church that needs to be covered and so thank you for keeping on giving there's a main account that you can give into offer do offerings into you know we're still paying rent and all that stuff uh, and salaries so thank you for that Uh, There's also a body serve account that you can give towards where we um, just serve the poor. We've had over 250,000 Rand already that we've distributed to the poor, food, parcels. uh, Just great for the body of Christ to to come together. And so uh, we look forward to see you again. We trust it will be soon. uh, As we connect, the last thing is just try to connect with people. Try to be accountable. Zoom, you know, Zoom people. Skype them. WhatsApp call them. Send them an SMS if you know specific people that are not necessarily in a small group, this is the time for us to be the church and not just do things um and just have events. Uh we now in the church has been deployed. The church is not empty, I mean So let's uh <clears throat> let's do that as we deploy it all across the world. Let's connect with each other. Let's ask those questions. Let's pray for each other and especially in this time. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for the poor. Let's pray for people to come closer to God and that there will truly be a revival of repentance in our land the lord bless you and thank you thank you for listening remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on shofar tv go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share